Welcome to the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. If you've ever daydreamed about running your very own baking business, then you're in the right place. I'm Lauren, the cheerful baker, and I'll be your guide on this delightful journey where sugar, passion, and entrepreneurship collide. In each episode, we'll chat with talented bakers, entrepreneurs, and cookie decorators who have transformed their passions into something truly magical. Whether you're a seasoned baker or just starting out, this podcast is for you. We'll uncover the secret behind successful baking businesses, share tips and tricks to help you level up your skills, and unravel the stories of those who've created thriving careers in the baking industry. Plus, I have an exciting announcement for all of our listeners. Introducing the Cheerful Box, a monthly subscription that brings joy and inspiration to your doorstep. Each box is carefully curated and filled with items to enhance your baking experience. Inside, you'll find a surprise collection of unique cookie cutters, clip art, and a stencil, plus an exclusive link to my online cookie decorating class. It's the perfect way to indulge your passion for baking and take your skills to new heights. So after you listen to this episode, be sure to check out the Cheerful Box. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to receive a monthly dose of baking magic delivered right to your door. Visit our website and subscribe today. Now grab your cup of coffee and let's get ready for this week's episode. Hello, welcome to the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast, where I talk to dreamers turned doers. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Caroline of Sweet Khakis, who I wish I could just reach through the screen and grab one of her pies because they look incredible. (laughs) So welcome, Caroline. Hey, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. And the way that Caroline and I know each other, we've never actually met in person, but we are both members of the Lydia Menzies Supper Club, which is a group of wonderful, talented, entrepreneurial women. And there's only a few of us in the baking world in that group. So we have to stick together, right, Caroline? Absolutely. I have so much admiration for you and all that you do and you create. Well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about your background. What did you do before you became a baker? Well, for my whole life, my whole career, I was in sales. And for the last close to 20 years in pharmaceutical sales where I sold vaccines and I loved my career. I loved all of my customers and I had a wonderful team of folks that I worked with. So that's what I did for the bulk of my career. And then I know that you grew up eating some delicious pie. Is that right? Eating delicious pie, delicious everything. I have the (laughs) best mama of a cook ever. So tell us a little bit about that, about your background with the pies. And I know that is very ingrained in your family. So first of all, you're from the South, right? Yes, I am originally from Darlington, South Carolina. My parents are still there. 
I live in Noonan, Georgia now with my family, but stayed in the South. And I know I'm from the South. I mean, some people say Kentucky isn't South, but listen to my accent, Caroline. You can definitely tell that I'm from the South. But, you know, eating dinner around the dinner table is big in the South, right? And dessert. You're not going to have, you're not going to have dinner or supper. You call it dinner or supper, the evening meal. We say supper. It's supper for me. And now is dinner the lunchtime meal? It's so, yeah, it's so funny. I say lunch for lunch, but growing up, my grandmama, it was breakfast, dinner, and supper. And so that's what we would say growing up. But now I say breakfast, lunch, and supper. Okay, see, I say breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't care what you call it. I'm not going to miss one. I'm going to come to the table. But it always it Same. always included included dessert. So when I was growing up, it did. I mean, as you know, I'm a cookie decorator, and I got my start very similar to you from my family. My grandmother was a big baker, and she made you talk about pies, Caroline. She was the wife of a farmer. My grandfather was a farmer. This was my dad's mom. And so they would always have people out on the farm. And my grandmother, my dad says she would cook about or bake about 20 pies a day to feed all the workers on the farm. So I grew up making, yes, making rolls with her. We would make rolls all the time and then making dessert for dinner with my mom. You know, we would make cobblers and pies and and brownies and anything because you were going to finish off the meal with something sweet. (laughs) Is that how it was for you? That's always the way it was. And I still have that same belief. I need a little something sweet after supper. So was it your grandmother? Was she the baker? Tell me your story because I've I read it, Caroline, but I have the world's worst memory. You know, after menopause, all those brain cells left. (laughs) Yeah, I can go to a movie and I can go again a month later and I don't remember anything about the first time I saw it. So, you know, it has its benefits. (laughs) But so, so tell us your story about your grandmother and your eating delicious desserts. Growing up and Darlington, South Carolina. I was from a very close-knit family. It's very close to my parents, my grandmother, my two brothers, and both of my grandmothers on mama's side and daddy's side were just fabulous cooks. And you could always walk in their house and there was something on the stovetop or the countertop, something good to eat. And so you just, you always knew you could eat something good. And my mama was the very same way. But I didn't want to cook or do any of that stuff growing up. All I wanted to do was to eat it, you know, enjoy it. Right. I used to worry <laughs> my mama to death because I never, ever wanted to be in the kitchen with her. I would, uh, my job was always to set the table and I even hated to do that. So I would like halfway, you know, put the napkins and the forks and everything down on the table and run back to my room or go back to TV, whatever we were doing. I just didn't care for it. But I grew up with three good full meals at every breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, we didn't go to school eating a Pop-Tart or a canned biscuit. You know, you had 
grits, eggs, bacon, sausage, homemade biscuits. You had the whole deal. And then your right. lunchbox for school was the same way. You know, I had the best lunchbox of any of my friends. And it was because my mama would put all homemade yummy stuff in there. And it was right. just, I didn't want to eat school lunch because her lunch was always superior. And yes. then the same thing at supper time. We always had, you know, a full meal, even when like we were doing dance classes or my brothers were playing ball or piano or whatever our activities were. We didn't eat at the ball field or we didn't go through a drive through. We went home and we sat around the table and it was an old oak table. And my mama still has it. We still sit around it when we're there in the corner of our breakfast room. And we all sat there and had her meal. And I don't think at the time we appreciated her meals like like I do now. But at the time, that was when we shared our day. And, you know, my mama was smarter than I gave her credit for. She was no dummy. She wanted to know what was going on in our lives, what was going on during the day. And if we were studying boy trouble, girl trouble about our activities, we shared it all. We solved all the world's problems around my mom and daddy's oak table around good food. You always had a homemade dessert. Right. I have the table that was my table in my childhood home. And I'm not super sentimental with things, but that table, I will never get rid of that table because the same thing. We sat and had breakfast And for us, sometimes breakfasts were big. Sometimes they were a bowl of cereal. But you didn't grab it on the way out the door. You came and you sat down as a family and you had your breakfast and you had the start of the day with your entire family. The same thing for lunch. I set the table and man, I hated doing that. (laughs) The table and I. I was the dish dryer. And what I would always do is I would leave them in the sink and I would say, they need to dry. They need to dry on their own. And my parents were (laughs) rolling their eyes. But now don't you love to set a beautiful table? I think there's nothing better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love china and I love silver. I love crystal. I love it all. But there is something special about those tables that you shared meals with your family. So you had delicious desserts and were they mostly pies? No, we had all kinds of things. I mean, literally there is nothing that my mama cannot make and make it delicious. Everything she makes. And you know, the crazy thing is sometimes she would come in not knowing exactly what we were going to have for supper that night, but yet she could make it in 30 minutes and it was the best meal ever. And I still have not mastered that. I still have to plan ahead. But she was just gifted in that way. But no, we would have peach pies. We would have apple pies. We had like banana pudding, homemade pound cakes. And one of my very favorite things mama would always make, and it was always for my birthday, was Mississippi mud cake. And it was the the best cake ever. And it was like a chocolate cake, you know, with the marshmallow and homemade chocolate icing with the walnuts in it. Oh, it was so good. And that sounds we we literally had a homemade dessert every night. Yeah, it was so good. And my little girl tries to, to, and my husband tried to make that for me for my birthday. And it's not always success, but it's always good and thoughtful. 
You know what I think is so much fun, Caroline, about food? When you taste something that you had in your childhood, the taste, doesn't it bring back that memory? Oh, it brings back floods of memories for me. And um, that's what I had. I really, when I had children, I wanted to try to do some of the same things that my mama did because she really created just a beautiful space around that table. And she didn't set the table fancy. I mean, you know, it was during school weeks. You just ate with everyday plates and silverware. You know, you didn't have fancy china, but it was just, it was the memories I have with my brothers and with my mom and daddy. It was just special memories. So when I had children, I tried to do the same thing. You always set the table and have a good home cooked meal so we could share food around the table together And I didn't appreciate it, I think, as much as I did as I do now. But I look back at all those memories and I think that was my mama's way of showing us how she loved us is through her food. Because I do think that food brings people together. I know it does because it did our family and it does my family now. So that was my mama's love language for us. And, you know, pies pies really do bring people together because when you bake a pie, as you know, it's best right out of the oven. Well, you're probably not going to eat an entire pie. I mean, you might, you know, (laughs) you need to share it with someone. I introduced a lemon chest pie this summer. And honestly, that pie is so incredibly good. My husband and children don't particularly care for lemon. But I love lemon and I really, I ate a whole lemon chest pie by myself at Easter and I didn't (laughs) cut it. I just dug right in and ate the whole pie. It was so good. I shouldn't brag about that and I shouldn't tell that because I don't need a whole pie. But oh my goodness. We all do that. So So you can eat a whole pie by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's more special to share it with someone. I love chess pie. I mean, that is one of my chess pie, chess bars, and I love lemon. So that sounds delicious. So tell us how you translated from growing up in that type of wonderful environment to then being a sales rep to now having your own. Primarily, do you sell, I know you sell some apparel items, but as far as desserts go, it's pies. Is that right? So, yeah, on my website, you could buy, you know, sweet khaki T-shirts and sweatshirts, but I sell primarily pies. I have 10 different pies that I make and sell, all homemade pies, all nine-inch deep dish pies. And so, yeah, that's what I do, sweet pies. And growing a little bit each day, but it didn't, it did not start, my business did not start out because of my, I guess, desire to want to make pies. As I got married and started going through this cookbook, this is my cookbook that my mama did all the handwritten recipes of growing up with our family. I would thumb through this recipe book with my children. When did your mom make that book and when did she give it to you? I mean, what a treasure. I know. I love it. So, When I got my first real job out of college and moved to Atlanta, 
my mama was worried to death that I was going to starve because I didn't know how to cook. <laughs> and I literally, I had to call her every day when I first moved away to learn how to, you know, I didn't know how to bake a potato in the microwave. It was really pitiful. Uh-huh. So she, I would call her and she'd tell me different things to do and how to bake. But when I met my husband and we got married, my mama gave me this handwritten cookbook with oh. all of those recipes that we ate around that old oak table and talk about, you know, it, it is my most treasured gift I've ever given been given. And I use it almost every day. You know, it, it's the things that my brothers and I would like. And she'd even have a note and say, this was Mike's favorite, or this is your favorite, or this was Lee's oh. favorite. And then it had some other recipes in there from close family friends of like pound cakes that we liked from a family friend or cookies that someone would make. She'd say, you know, makes these and these are the cookies y'all love. So it had all that stuff in it. It even had the famous rabbit cake recipe in there. You know, that bunny cake everybody would make with this round head, the ears. Yes. Yes. Well, we had that every single Easter. That was our dessert. And we all loved it. And she even (laughs) did a drawing. I don't know if you can see the drawing. How sweet. How to cut out the ears and the head because pitiful Caroline didn't know how to do any of that. Uh (laughs) But so (laughs) I love this cookbook and I love my mama more than anything in the world. But for this cookbook, I just think it was the sweetest thing she could have ever given me. And she did one for both of my brothers too, when they married. So we all have our own cookbook from mama. So that's how it's my cooking started was with this cookbook. And then as my children aged, they want desserts and I would practice making different things out of the book. Well, the apple pie recipe was in this cookbook and it was my mama's recipe, but it originally was my grandmother's recipe. But you know how you get recipes handed down to you. You kind of change them just a little bit to tweak it, yes. to make it your own. So the recipe in this book was is my mama's. And when I first started making it, it was horrible. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> hard, I think, if you're a non-cooker and you're trying to bake a pie. Right. And so this probably the first 20 times I made it, it was just something you put in the trash. And then eventually it kind of, it kind of became what it was just okay. So my family would eat it, but they would never ask for seconds. And in my opinion, (laughs) if you don't ask for seconds, it's not that good, you know, especially with a dessert. Right. So I kind of gave up on making it and, and just moved on to different things. And then in 2007, our family suffered a, a really a tragedy and it put my whole life just kind of on hold and it put me in a really bad state of mind. And I just, I couldn't get over life. I couldn't do things. And I was just sad and I couldn't sleep. One night I stayed up and just cooked and baked literally all night long. I never slept. And Hmm. And my husband woke up the next morning and there were like six pound cakes on the countertop, five or six <laughs> casseroles, stock pots of spaghetti sauce and apple pies. 
I had probably 10 apple pies and he was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Caroline, what are you doing? And what are we going to do with all this food? And I'm like, just when you take the kids to school, just give it away. Just give it away. I don't want it. Cooking became my therapy. I right. cooked and I concentrated on ingredients or how I could change a recipe to make the sauce better or how I could make a pie taste better or a pound cake taste better, what flavoring I was going to use. It became a therapy for me. And mm-hmm. that is the year that I mastered making the apple pie. I made so many of them and my husband would leave for work and take the kids to school and they were, he would always have, you know, 10 pies in his car, a trunk, and he'd just ride down the road and pass them out. We would give Aww. them to, you know, school teachers or church friends or neighbors or, you know, his work friends. We just gave them away. That was the moment when I realized that cooking and giving food to other people made me happy. It right. fulfilled my sadness. It fulfilled my heart hearing from somebody saying, oh, thank you for this pie. It was delicious. I shared it with my grandmother or I shared it with my children. And it just made me so happy. And I thought, you know, this is what my mama did all these years ago. She fed us out of love. She fed us because she loved us and she fed us because it made her heart happy. And that's how I started cooking. And that's how really cooking better than I ever have. And then baking, that's how I learned to to bake was through my tragedy and through this cookbook that mama gave me. And so fast forward several years, I kept giving pies away and people would say, you should sell your pies. And I'm like, yeah, right. That would be so fun because I love to cook and I love to see people eat and I love to see them get seconds. But how do I do that? At this point, I had two children, a husband, a full time job that I loved and I was very active in different things in my community and church. Who has time to start a business and how do you start a business? But in 2019, my life changed again with something really terrible. And this time it was me having a heart attack. And it was one of those life, life, life heart attack. Yes. It was just unexpected. It's Memorial Day weekend. When we get out of school on Memorial Day weekend, we go to the lake and we spend a week there on vacation. And that's where we were. We were at the lake on vacation. And, um, um, I had a heart attack there and honestly, they didn't think I'd make the flight to the hospital. I had uh, made a lunch for all of us and we were eating lunch down at the boat dock. And right after having swallowing like my last bite of my sandwich, my lunch, I had this funny feeling like right here, right in my chest. Not, I didn't think in my heart, it was just a funny, uncomfortable feeling, kind of like your food was stuck in your chest. So mm-hmm. I just kept drinking a bunch of water thinking, you know, it'll go away and I'll feel better. And my husband said, well, maybe you should take an aspirin. Maybe some, maybe you're having some heart problems. And I looked at him like he was crazy. I'm like, that's not my heart. I've just got like indigestion or something funny, you know, going on. I'll be fine. But I did take the aspirin anyway, just to pacify him. Mm-hmm. And the pain never went away all day long. Got a little bit, you know, worse as the day progressed. And then that night after I cooked supper, I had just the most horrific pain I've ever experienced in my life. It felt like 
somebody was trying to put their foot through my chest. It was like paralyzing. It was the most horrible pain I've ever felt. I couldn't move. And my son and mother-in-law called 911. And then from that moment on, everything just felt like it was moving in slow motion inside my body. But in actuality, everything was just really moving fast. And that's when mm -hmm. I was taken to a local hospital and the doctor at the local hospital, I really think made the right call and saved my life. He said, you know, she, I can't help her here. She's actively having a heart attack. And they flew me to the local hospital. And that was the most surreal moment of my life. So I didn't think I was going to make it. In fact, in my mind, I knew I was dying and I was saying my prayers and thinking about my children and thinking, oh, God, you know, please save me. My husband, he can't raise my children without me. You know, children need their mamas. And he would right. never put the hair bow in my daughter's hair. You know, you're thinking yeah. all these kind of things. It was just crazy. But then the next thing I knew, they saved me. You know, I was alive. I didn't die. You know, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I was feeling myself thinking, I am alive. You know, God's got plans for me. He's not done with me. There's other things in this world that I have to do. No idea what that was and what I was going to do. But my recovery was tough. I was fortunate because the heart attack did not damage any other parts of my heart. So I was very fortunate in that aspect. But I had absolutely no energy. I could not cook a whole meal by myself. I hey, Caroline, load of laundry by myself. Uh -huh. Let's take a break just for one second, because I think that this is so important to tell women. I did not okay. understand what the signs of a heart attack were until my mother had a heart attack about a year ago. And she had very similar symptoms to you. She had indigestion that would not go away. I went to the store and got her some Prilosect, I think, because she thought that it was indigestion. And then she had this severe pain in her shoulders, which she was sick and she had been vomiting. So we thought that, and my mother's a nurse. So we thought that she had pain in her shoulders from vomiting. And eventually she became so ill that we had to call 911 and they came and picked her up in an ambulance and then they rushed her and we found out she had a heart attack and we were shocked because she did not have the signs that we, that I had always believed were typical of a heart attack, which I always thought that it was pain down your left arm. But I've come to understand that's not the way that it is for women. A lot of times it does present with severe indigestion. Yeah. So women and men, their signs are almost opposite in, in some cases. I had absolutely no warning other than the days leading up to my heart attack. I was very tired, but I would have never, ever gone to the doctor for being tired. It right. was the end of the school year. And so, you know how there's all kinds of things going on at the end of the school year. You're busy doing end of the school year stuff. I had end of the year like reports I was doing for work. I had just helped cook a huge meal for a hundred people at church. So packing to get to the lake. So yeah, I was tired, 
but you know, what woman is not tired at the end right. of each day or the end of the school year? I'm, I mean, right. you're tired. So I, I was unusually tired. So that was, I guess that is a warning for women as being tired. But yes. prior to that, I had no warnings ahead of time. And then the only thing that happened to me at the lake was that pain in my chest that right. where I thought my food was stuck. Turns out yes. know, maybe it was indigestion, a feeling, but that yes. was the beginning of my heart attack. Mm-hmm. And then when I actually had the, I had a blood clot and that was the severe pain that mm. I felt when I was paralyzed. So at that moment, I felt kind of queasy to my stomach, but I, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. So I think for women, we need to read up about the signs of a heart attack and what to expect. Yes. And we also need to listen to our bodies because a lot of times women we can tolerate pain. We can take a lot of pain. And so we ignore that pain. And had I ignored that pain and gone to bed that night, which at one point in that after that evening I was going to do, I would have not be, I wouldn't be alive. I wouldn't have made it. I would not have survived. So right. when you know something's going on in your body, we have to listen to our body and we have to take action and go to the hospital, even if you feel silly about it. Cause if I had not right. gone, I would have died. And yes. um, that doctor really made the decision, you know, to send me airlift me. He saved my life. And um, yes, it's, you know, the number one death for women is heart attack. And, and it's because right. we're so strong and we don't listen to ourselves and we don't know the signs and the symptoms. So right. turns out I had a, an artery that was 100% blocked and I had a blood clot and I am very lucky to be here. And I do think yes. God saved me for a reason. He was not done with me. So when I was recovering from a heart attack, I did not have any strength and it, heart attacks with different people vary. Some people pop right back and they're fine. Some people don't, and I didn't, and I couldn't understand it. And just the simple task of shampooing and conditioning your hair, I would have to take breaks in between the two. I had a little stool I'd sit on, and I'd shampoo my hair, and then I'd rest, and then I'd condition my hair, and then I'd rest. And so one day when that happened, I literally felt like I was having a nervous breakdown. I had just the biggest pity party I have ever had in my life. And I had a cry out to God moment and said, you know, I am a perfectly or I thought I was a perfectly healthy 50 year old woman. And here I am sitting on a stool dripping water all over my floor because I can't rinse the shampoo out of my hair. You know, dear God, Mm -hmm. please give me my energy back. I, I couldn't function. I, I didn't feel like cooking. I didn't want to take the children to school. I just, I had no energy and I couldn't do a thing. And that moment, something just big came over me. And I started thinking about all the things in my life that I had regrets about. And I think you can probably sit here and think of things like that. And your listeners can too. We all have regrets, things we wish we oh, had yeah. done. <laughs> and I, and I yes. started thinking about my pie business. You know, everybody... Everyone would say, you should sell your pies. And I would say, I'd love to, but how do I do that? How do I add that to my life? But it would be something that would make me happy. And then I 
started thinking about like my fine china. I have so many pieces of my fine china and I don't use it. Why do I not use my fine china? And then I love pretty pajamas. I have hundreds of pairs of pretty pajamas, but I don't wear them because they're nice and I save them. Why do I save my pajamas? And then my expensive perfume that we got on my honeymoon. I barely ever use it because it's expensive. I mean, you just start thinking of all my mind was racing of all these things. Meanwhile, I'm crying. I'm screaming. I'm begging for God's mercy. I'm begging for him to give me the energy back. And I just said, you know, God, if you can make me be Caroline again, I will do all these things that I have regrets for. And the number one regret was not starting my pie business because that made me happy. So I finished cardiac rehab, which, by the way, is very important for you to do if you have a heart attack. Go do cardiac rehab and complete it. And when I completed cardiac rehab, I said, I'm starting my pie business. I'm starting it because I started feeling like myself again. I could fold the laundry. I could cook a meal. And I did. On the one-year mark of my recovery from cardiac rehab and heart attack, I started Sweet Khakis and I never Is looked back. Right? I started selling pies. Off. Yes, I immediately started selling pies off of my front porch. One of my sweet friends here in Noonan made a post like on Facebook and said, y'all look, Caroline is finally selling her pies. My friend Joy <laughs> did that. And I was just overwhelmed with orders like right away. And we live out in the country. So people would drive way out in the country and pick up pies off my front porch. It was just, it was so exciting. I couldn't believe I'm like, people are really coming to get my pie. It was just, (laughs) I can't tell you how happy I felt. And so I got this license, what we call in Georgia is a cottage license where you can legally bake in your home and you can sell people. So that's what I started doing. And it started becoming like people driving from all these different towns coming to get pies. And my house became like a pie factory. And I couldn't let my children come in the kitchen because, you know, (laughs) kids have dirty hands. I didn't want them to touch anything in the kitchen. So they would have to eat like out of a microwave in a hall. My dining room became the box room. (laughs) My living room became the shrink wrap room. And then I had like bags of sugar and flour everywhere. I mean, it was crazy. But my house was so just a pie factory. And then businesses started calling and they wanted to carry my pies. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You really want to carry my pies? And so I knew that I, I you can't sell to a business cooking and baking out of your home. So right. I needed a different license. Well, that required a rec- commercial kitchen that I didn't have. But lucky for me, one had just opened in Noonan where we live. And it's, the, it's still the only one around, a share kitchen where you can rent space and you can legally sell to businesses because you're working in a commercial kitchen, you're producing your pie or your goods in a commercial kitchen space. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I started doing. And that's when my business really picked up even more because selling to a retailer, you know, you're not selling four or five pies, you're selling 30 or 40 pies to a business. Right. And so I don't, outgrew that commercial share kitchen a little quicker than I had anticipated. And I knew I needed my own space, but I'm like, what do I do? You know, you can't, I just can't go out and build a commercial kitchen. I didn't have thousands and thousands of dollars 
sitting around to do that. Right. And one day when I was coming home, driving down our driveway, my eyes spied my husband's bright red barn. And I knew in that instant, I said, that's got to be Sweet Khaki's Kitchen. That's just got to be. So I did what any smart Southern girl would do. And I kicked him right out of his barn. And we made it a commercial kitchen. It I was just that. the most exciting moment. Yes. And he was gracious and agreed to, to do it. So last summer, we completed it. And I moved into my own commercial kitchen. And it's a bright red barn. We call it Sweet Khaki Red. And it's right beside our house. And it's precious. I love it. And I'm grateful for it. And that allowed me the opportunity to start selling pies to more retailers. So my business grew a little bit more from there. And currently right now, I am in six states and I have close to 60 retailers carrying my pies. And it is, I can't even put into words how happy and how honored and how excited I am. It's just the best feeling in the world to know that my pies are on so many tables and people are sharing them at work functions, after church, on their Sunday table, or with friends or families. And then I get all these just sweet emails or phone calls or direct messages from people that say, my granddaddy wanted your pie for his birthday. Apple pie is his favorite. You know, it's just things like that that make your heart just explode with joy and you just want to keep making more pies and more pies. And so that's you really, know, Caroline, that's my story. That's how I started. Caroline, you're not selling pies. You're selling memories. I mean, that's what you're selling. You're selling memories of people who right. grew up like you did. You're selling memories of, you know, people getting together with their family and their friends. I mean, that. It, it's yeah, have, so much more than just a pie. It is. <laughs> Look, I have chills when you said that because yeah, I could cry thinking about it. It's the truth. I mean, it truly is the truth. I am taking all those sweet memories that my mama gave us growing up around the table. And I'm trying to share it with my children. And I'm uh, hoping that I'm cry. sharing Look, it with other people be crying. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's a blessing. And I think for me, it's even, it's, I know I can cry right now. I cry all the time thinking about it. I think I cannot believe God is blessing me like this, but yes. you know, I think I had a tragedy that happened to me and we got over it. And then I had this heart attack that happened and I stopped and I thought about it. God gave me a second chance to do what? You know, I, I didn't know, but I knew it at that moment when I had the breakdown in the shower and the water yes. going all over my bathroom floor that when I cried out to God that my pie business was what I needed to do. And I even said to God, I said, look, you're going to have to really throw something big in front of me to make me fall if pie business is not what I'm supposed to do, because I'm kind of hard headed and I'm very determined and the joy making pies gave me, I wanted to keep doing it. And so yes. it was like every step of the way, God kept giving me another blessing. Like all the people that were driving down my long country driveway to pick up pies off my country front porch. And then the business is calling 
and then the success of you know getting all the licenses. It's not a small feat and getting your business up and going. I mean, you have regulations you have to follow. You have licenses just becoming like an LLC for your business. It's just, it's a lot of stuff. And so I feel like God blessed me around each each time he blessed me and I just kept going and I kept thanking him and I kept going. And I'm just, I am so honored to have this business and I feel very fortunate. And if anyone's listening and they have a dream and they're getting stuck from all the things you're talking about, setting up the LLCs and getting everything set up legally, which is very confusing. Most towns, and I live in a teeny tiny little town in Kentucky, and we have this. Most towns will have somebody that works to help small businesses, you can go to your chamber of commerce and they will have a small business advisor that will help you get set up. And a lot of people don't realize that. And in, I don't know of any case where they charge you for that. I mean, they want you to have business and be able to put money, taxes, and good products back into the community. So that is a very wonderful thing to to check out in your town. Now, I always ask people um, the same questions, Caroline. And the first one is, what's your favorite cookbook? But I already know the answer to that. You have it in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I do. This is the best cookbook you could ever have from your own mama. And then secondly, if you could bake a pie for anybody alive or that is already passed, who would you make a pie for? I say past for me would be my two grandparents, my grandmothers, my mama's mama, my daddy's mama, because they were just fabulous cooks in every sense of the word. And I was close to both of them in different ways. My mama's mother, we called her mama. She and I were, she was my best friend. And I got my love of red lipstick and everything red from her. And we spent a lot of time together. And then my daddy's mama, my grandmother, she was just a fantastic cook. And as I grew up and became a wife and a mother, she and I became very close because we talked about food all the time and recipes. And she would share all her knowledge with me with that. So if I could serve a pie to anyone, it would be the two of them because I know they would love it, but they would be so proud of me and they would actually be shocked that I could make a good apple pie. (laughs) (laughs) And then lastly, Caroline, if you were to give advice to someone like you who was thinking about opening their own bakery, what kind of advice would you give to them? I think the very first thing I would say to to anyone thinking about starting their own business is just go for it. Don't wait and have a heart attack to start your pie business or write the book you've always wanted to write. Don't save your fine china. Don't keep your pretty pajamas in your chest of drawers and spray the heck out of your perfume. You know, do all yeah. of those things because life is yes. short. You know, yes. we're not promised, we're not promised 
another chance. You only get one time in life to live. And for me, I spent the majority of my adulthood wanting to do something like start a pie business, but I wouldn't do it. And it took a life event to make me do it. And I would tell your listeners to think about that. Life is too short and we're never too old. Women think once we get past 50, we can't do stuff like that anymore. Well, we're just getting started at age 50. We've got a lot of time to do that kind of stuff. And I say go for it. And I say, like you say, go to your local government officials and get advice from them if you don't know how to start a business. There's lots of things online. And for me, I used a lot of stuff from the Department of Agriculture's website and just follow different steps. And as you go through each step, yeah, you're going to get stuck on some things, but you can keep reading and find a way around it. If there's a, if you have that will inside of you, then there's a way to do it. You just have to do it. And you don't, yes. you don't stop. You don't have regret. So tell us where we can find you, where we can buy one of these incredible pies, because I personally want one right now. (laughs) I wish I could give you one right this second. I know. Um, My website is www.sweetkakis.com. And on my website, if you scroll down, you can find a list of all of my retailers that carry my pies. Also, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Khakis. And I want to say something about my retailers. It's it's important for me for sweet khakis to be in special places. I'm not a I'm not one of those that wants to just have my pies everywhere. So my retailers are pretty, pretty special. I love, love, love those that are carrying my pies. So when you find a retailer on my website that's near you or close to your town. When you go to get a pie, you'll leave with a lot other of other really good things and you'll meet some really neat people. They, all oh. these businesses are family run, family owned, and they're just good folks. So I am, like I said, in six states and 55 to 60 retailers right now. So I'm growing a little bit each day. And I do want to be in Kentucky soon. And I'm working on some places in Kentucky right now. So maybe you'll get a pie soon. Yay. (laughs) Well, I have, I really cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you. I mean, there are some guests that just sink into my heart and you are that person, Caroline. Your story is so wonderful and powerful and a testimony to the fact that anyone If you put your mind to something, and I really believe that this next statement is so true. If you are living in the gift that God has given you, wonderful things can happen. Sometimes you don't find that out until you're in your 50s, which is exactly what happened to me. I was about 50 when I started my business. And it's okay to start that in that second chapter of life doing something that you've dreamed about for a lot longer. Yeah, the saying, we gain wisdom as we age. I mean, that really is true. We do. And I just think it's never too late to start your dream or to start something new. I mean, it's never too late. And lots of things can happen to you. Some pretty bad things can happen to you. But if you have the faith and you have the will and you 
want to do it, then you can do it. That's right. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you're listening, thank you for listening. And I will put the link to your website and Instagram and everything in the show notes so everybody can find you. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed visiting with you today. And thank you for thinking of me. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sugar Coated Dreams podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed today's chat and don't want to miss out on future episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. We release new episodes every Thursday. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate and review it. It would mean so much to us. And remember to check out the cheerful box. It's the perfect companion to help you unlock your creativity and help make your baking dreams come true. You can find it at www.cheerfulcutters.com. So until next time, keep dreaming big and never underestimate the power of a little sugar and a whole lot of passion. I'm Lauren Jacobs, and this is the Sugar Coated Dreams Podcast. Thank you.